It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider approving a new strategic plan spanning the next five years. The strategic planning process began in February and included focus groups, workshops, and a community survey to help a steering committee home in on the direction the final draft of the plan took. The Assembly reviewed a draft version of the plan with consultants earlier this month. Described as an opportunity for the community to reflect on the current state and determine what we want Sitka to be in the future, the strategic plan is not to be confused with the city comprehensive plan, which focuses on more long-range planning. The five-year plan identifies five overarching goals, preserve the quality of life for Sitkins, improve communications, and strengthen relationships within the community, align resources for a sustainable community, and ensure that the city is recognized as a great place to work and an excellent service provider. In other business, the Assembly will consider whether to extend the life of the Sitka Bear Task Force through January of next year. It will consider a liquor license transfer from the Nugget to Halibut Point Crab and Chowder, and it will act as a board of adjustment to consider an appeal to the Planning Commission's approval of a variance request for a home on Davidoff Street. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The summer cruise season is winding down, and now the city is looking for community feedback while that summer cruise season is fresh on Sitkin's minds. This summer's short-term tourism plan was only meant to address the immediate impact of record-breaking numbers of cruise visitors as the industry rebounded from the pandemic. City Planning Director Amy Ainsley says the Planning Commission and Assembly now want to take time to pause and assess the strategy and prepare for another record-breaking year in 2023. It's important to us that we get to hear from the community about what worked, what didn't work. What do you want us to keep doing? What do you want us to not do for next season? And so that's the point where, where we are now, taking the time to slow down, to reflect, to give opportunity for input and feedback. Ainsley's department has made a survey available on the city's website. It's mostly multiple choice questions, and Ainsley says it shouldn't take more than five to ten minutes to complete. And they're trying to gather feedback on a few things, like how traffic and street closures affected Sitkins. Were you experiencing delays at these certain areas? How did you accommodate for those delays? You know, how have you otherwise been impacted um, in terms of, you know, not just travel time, but other um accessing other amenities or things downtown as well. And then also getting the feedback on a few of the programs that that we did. So for the Lincoln Street closure, you know, should we do it next summer um, or should we do it in a different way? Ainsley plans to take data gathered from the survey to a joint work session between the Planning Commission and the Assembly on October 27th, in the hopes that it will inform how the city proceeds in making more long-range plans for cruise tourism. The survey is online now. You can find a link to it and listen to our full interview with Ainsley on our website at kcaw.org. Healthcare providers are gearing up for free Omicron booster clinics throughout Southeast Alaska. The first one happened Friday in Petersburg, where medical staff and residents filled the community gym. Coast Alaska's Angela Denning stopped by and has this report. Hi there. Hey. Fancy seeing you here. Oh, and you wore the perfect dress. It's I did know this was coming. Petersburg resident Chelsea Tremblay has been vaccinated for COVID before. She says she's getting this new booster to prepare her for the indoor winter months and she works in retail. I'm doing some traveling, and then I always see travelers where I work, so nice to feel set up for that. 
Do you mind my asking if you've had COVID yet? I had COVID this spring and it was not my favorite experience, so I would like to both avoid it, but also if that was how I felt with some layers of protection, I don't want to have experienced it without that, for sure. Tremblay gets two shots, the Omicron booster in one arm and the flu vaccine in the other. Her nurse, Sharon Hunter, is happy with the clinic so far. This has just been such a great response this morning. We weren't sure, since they weren't scheduled appointments, how many people were going to roll through the door, but yeah. it's been... Well, and I didn't know I'd be able to get a flu shot, too, so that's really nice. Several other people are entering the gym door for their turn. Tables and chairs are set up for check-ins and shots, and there's little waiting time. At a back table, nurse Jennifer Briner is unwrapping syringes and filling them with the vaccine. She says the local hospital and public health office teamed up for the clinic. I wasn't sure what to expect because, you know, we're, we're all a little tired of all of this COVID, um, but I'm really pleased. You know, it shows me that the community is informed that this booster is, you know, a new and improved different type. It's bivalent, so it protects against the actual strain that's circulating right now. I fly a lot and uh, it doesn't hurt to be safe. Adam Jackson has already gotten his shot. He's waiting on a folding chair for 15 minutes before he can leave the gym. He says he's had COVID already. And uh, when I did get it, it wasn't really that severe. So, and I was already vaccinated when I did get it. And uh, I think because of the vaccination, it wasn't that severe. And it's the reason why I continue to get them now. Sitting to his right is Ken Tolentino. He's in Petersburg for summer work in the cannery. After working up here in Alaska, I usually go back home to the Philippines. So that's quite a, quite a ways from here. So I just want to be safe and you know, feel protected. Over a million people in the U.S. have died from COVID. The disease isn't as deadly as it was at the beginning of the pandemic, with more treatment options available now. But some people still get very sick. I had to go into the hospital and get fluids and um, ended up with a secondary infection, had antibiotics, steroids, the, the whole shebang. That's Ruby Shumway. She's one of the nurses at the clinic, but has personal experience with the disease. She got COVID in May. Missed a lot of work and then finally was able to go back to the floor and had to take breaks all the time. Um, working out, my lips would turn blue. It was very scary time. Um, I'm a diabetic, so I knew that I was going to have a hard time fighting it, but it was unlike anything I've ever been through before. These Omicron booster clinics will be happening all over Southeast in the coming month, says public health nurse Erin Michael. I know Juno is going to be doing them, Ketchikan, Craig, I believe Craig. Most of the cities that are at least a couple thousand or more people are going to be doing events like this for probably like the next month or so. The five-hour Petersburg Clinic distributed almost 300 COVID vaccines. They ran out of flu shots after 90, but plan to order more. Residents who miss the clinics can get vaccinated at their local public health office or hospital. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Angela Deming. A recent underwater discovery on the west side of Prince of Wales Island shows that people have lived in what we now know as Southeast Alaska for at least 10,000 years. And as Claire Strempel reports for KTOO, they also think this discovery helps prove that North America's earliest human inhabitants came down the coast. What civilization needed to take hold was fish. Lots of them. Generally, scientists, you know, think that you have to have agriculture 
to develop a civilization. That's Sea Alaska Heritage Institute President Rosita Worrell. I think what we see here is that the indigenous people develop the technology to harvest, you know, significant uh, numbers of fish. So, you know, you can see the beginning uh, of uh, what turns out to be a very complex culture. Sea Alaska partnered with the archaeologists who recently found a fish weir more than 500 feet underwater in Chacon Bay near Prince of Wales Island. The weir is a rock barrier that was once in an intertidal zone. It redirected fish so that people could catch them. Weirs are some of the earliest forms of fish traps, and they're still used today. Researchers say this particular fish weir is evidence that indigenous people lived in Alaska at least 10,000 years ago. Its depth gives away its age because scientists know how long ago that piece of ocean floor was land. Worrell said the discovery also supports the coastal migration theory. It was previously thought that the occupation of the Americas was through an interior corridor, but uh, that corridor wasn't opened up until later. Archaeologist Kelly Monteleone says scientists who think people migrated by land argue that there aren't enough archaeological sites to prove the coastal theory. But that's because we haven't really looked. You know, the amount of work we've done is so small in comparison to what's been done terrestrially. Monteleone had been looking for the weir for more than a decade after something that looked like a fish weir showed up on a sonar image. The shadow on the screen was in the right shape. But until we could actually get eyes on it, we couldn't confirm it was really a weir. She teamed up with Sea Alaska to locate the weir as part of her graduate research. It wasn't easy. She tried looking 10 years ago, but found out she'd been looking in the wrong place. This year, she found it right away, with a camera mounted on an underwater drone. She knew it was a weir because of the way the rocks were stacked, in a pile that wouldn't have formed like that naturally. I felt so validated after spending, you know, 12 years of my life talking about this um, potential fish weir. Uh, I've published about it in multiple places. Uh, I've presented on this all over the world. And so to finally find it, it's just so exciting. She'll continue her underwater research with the Sea Alaska Heritage Institute in southeast Alaska next summer. She'll be tracking down more archaeological sites that explain how and when the earliest people got here. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Claire Strempel. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at a couple of quick weather advisories for Sitka for today, Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. There is a flood watch in effect until 4 p.m. today, and there is also a flood advisory in effect until 10 a.m. today. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. <laughs> 